The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are very glad that you're with us this week, and I'm very glad to be back in studio with, with my friends. Now, not all of them are here. You know, we're missing quite a few guys, but we've got Robbie, who's fresh back from vacation. Oh, yeah. And Jim's with us this week, Big Jim. Yay. Well, one of the Big Jims, the, the bigger of the Big Jims. <laughs> the taller. We're competitive on the way. Yeah, and then Wayne, who's over there. Hi, Wayne. Hello. hello, hello. <laughs> and we're going to... Um, kind of transition from where we left last week. Last week we talked about, you know, how to trust God during difficult times. And sometimes those difficult times involve loving others. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's lots of opportunities to have patience and to grow through those things of, of loving others. And sometimes they provide some of those difficult times. I know that uh, all my difficult times in life for the most part involved other people. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't always love them well. Me yeah. either. <laughs> and so the first clip we're going to go ahead and go you to. You being one of them. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that's fine. I'm good with that. I love you anyway, Robbie. We, um, well, the first clip I want to talk about is last week we had a clip from Bruce Almighty where Bruce was looking for a sign. You know, kept you know, begging God for the sign, and there's some animosity between him and God. And he Smite learned, me, almighty smiter. That's right. Just a bit of animosity, not a bunch. And... Uh, he, he learns to walk with God. He learns to be not all of self-absorbed, you know, and God's teaching him some lessons. And where we pick up this clip is, you know, God and him are standing in heaven, actually, right after he's been hit by the... Yeah, uh, he the, got the, a sign, the, didn't yeah, he? <laughs> yeah, by the semi or whatever it was that hit him, the bus. And uh, at the beginning of this, he actually re- quotes a prayer that he did earlier, this Miss America prayer that, you know, heal the... World peace. World peace, feed yeah. the hungry, that type of thing. And then God asked him to say a real prayer. And I want you to really listen to Bruce's change of heart from being self-absorbed to something different. Now, come on. What do you really care about? Grace. Grace. You want it back? Got to delete that part in. It's, it's a good clip. <laughs> yeah, it's a good clip. 
Robbie, there's a huge difference in Bruce from the beginning of that movie until the end, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's the beauty of walking with God and getting aligned with him to some extent because, you know, the, the concept of, God, you're supposed to help me with my life mm-hmm. now becomes, wow, God, you know, how can I love this other person well? You know, what does that what does that look like to love grace? Which when he says grace at the beginning of the clip, I I was like, he wants grace? He understands yeah. what grace is. I forgot what her name was too. Yeah. <laughs> but he's actually talking about his girlfriend, um, who goes on to be a big star in friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she has a pretty good career after that. But nonetheless, it, it, you know, it is a remarkable transformation from self-centeredness to God-centeredness. Yeah, when, when Bruce begins, you know, he is at that place where he doesn't trust anybody, especially God. And over this time, as he learns to walk with God, he becomes a different person. His heart becomes different. Right? And it's very cool to see that transition. Hmm. Wayne, what do you think? You're with us today. It's good to see you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um it's a journey that he takes each one of us on. Yeah. Um, and getting there isn't by any act of my own will. It's him drawing us, me, into that. Um, even over the last, you know, three, four weeks since I've been on the radio show, um, he's been taking me into that place of being still with him, showing me his love and, um, and teaching me to love others and, and showing me how the system is completely rigged against it. Um, mm-hmm. Things like Facebook and uh, just everything around us is all about me, 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 self. That, that self thing that gets in the way. And um, When he said die to self, it, it wasn't a recommendation. It was, it, it, you can't love others the way he loves them and have self in the way. Um, Thank you. Jim, the, um, the reason we're talking about this is Jesus was asked a question, right? You, and the question was... And it was supposed to be a trick question. It was. I mean, they're setting him up to figure him out, and, this is, and some groups have already failed. So they ask him, you know, what, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, and I'm reading it from Matthew 22, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So that was a uh, that was a game changer, right? I mean, yeah, so those other commandments are good. You know, they were given for a reason, lots of different reasons, but everything kind of comes down to these two. And every commandment we look at, in the Bible, you know, all of the other laws, now all of the other written laws, right. and the Jews had plenty of uh, oral laws that Jesus loved to challenge and break, Yeah, but the written law he never broke, and all of those come down to those two. It's kind of like the no shorts in church law. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't gotta, find that Gotta in wear a skinny tie <laughs> yeah. law. Yeah, I didn't you know. find that in scripture at any point. Uh, it, it, we were talking about this loving others, this giving giving away the your self-absorption, I think I said earlier, but you know that thing that you really want and saying, I want to put others' hearts in front of mine. And that actually leads to another clip I want to play before break. It's from the movie Rudy. 
And if you haven't seen the movie, which I think Robbie's the only person of his age that probably hasn't seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not saying what Abe said. Yeah, when I heard this clip, I was thinking he must be naked because all these people are wanting him to get dressed. Yeah, yeah. The story of Rudy, and I can't remember his full name, but it's about a a true story. It's about a guy from um, Indiana, South Bend, Indiana, that wanted to go to Notre Dame. Could be why everybody you know watched the movie. Probably. It's (laughs) on from there. But uh, anyway, he wanted to go to Notre Dame, and he wanted to play football, and he was too small to play. And through a series of events, he ends up being at Notre Dame, and is helping with the team. And over the time, the team really sees his heart and how much he loves the game and how much he just thoroughly loves Notre Dame football. And the coach that was there at the time told him that if he stayed with him and helped all those years, he would let him dress the final game of his senior year. Well, in the meantime, the year before that, the coaches changed. And the new coach came in and said, that's not going to happen. And I want you to hear how the players that had every right to be on the field came to the coach and said, mm, we need to do something a little different here. Oh, hi, Roland. Come in. I want Rudy to dress in my place, coach. He deserves it. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Georgia Tech is one of the top offensive teams in the country. You're an All-American and our captain. Act like it. I believe I am. Me too, coach. I want Rudy to dress in my place. Coach, this is for Rudy. This is for Rudy, coach. Now, Jim, you've seen the movie, haven't you? I have. Okay. Twice. <laughs> okay. I saw it for Robbie, too. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I thought you might have, you know, yeah. <clears throat> but that scene's pretty powerful from the, the part where that the, the captain says, I think I am being a captain. You know, in that, how are they kind of showing love to this other person that, in the coach's mind, doesn't deserve to be out there? And he was a captain. He was leading them because what you don't hear is another 15, 20, 30 seconds of most of the team filing through and putting their jerseys on the desk saying that he deserves to be there, and if he's not going to be there, we aren't, basically. Mm -hmm. And that is, I mean, he did all that he was supposed to do, all he could do, and had a huge heart. And... They recognized that, and that was more important than beating Georgia Tech. I don't know how anything could be more important than that, but (laughs) (laughs) neither did the coach. But they loved Rudy, and he was the heart of the team. Wayne, have you seen the movie? Okay. Um, Are you from Indiana, too? (laughs) No, he's not from Indiana. My father is. My dad is. Oh, I knew there had to be an action. (laughs) Yeah, but what did the players have to gain? I mean, was there really anything they were going to gain in their career, or in their life, because of what they did? From a human perspective, from yeah. our personal perspective, no. But from God's perspective, they gained everything, right? Yeah. Um, forgive me for being the one that brings Scripture into this, right? Uh, oh. But uh, but John, it reminds me of John in the Pool of Bethesda, um, mm-hmm. and Jesus goes to the man who's had an affliction for over 36 years. And I want you to picture that in your mind, that for 36 years, the people around him have watched him suffer. 
and they always run to the pool first because only one gets healed. A lot of pastors have taught that differently, that he didn't want to be healed. But he says every time he's gotten up, nobody helps him get in. And Jesus looks at him with compassion and sees him differently and and and, and heals him because you know he's our captain. He sees him first. He was an example of what we were supposed to be as a community, as the kingdom. Why, why did all those people that surrounded him never had compassion for that one man? Yeah, and it's a great point. And there's the other story of Jesus with the leper. Before he heals him, he chooses to touch him because they haven't had human touch for so many years. Uh, I'd like for you to go to maskandjourneyradio.org. You can listen to some past podcasts, including the one from last week, if you didn't hear it, but also to register for upcoming boot camps. We've got an advanced camp coming up, Robbie, August. 17th through 19th. It's just a couple weeks. Yeah, maskandjourneyradio.org. Go register now. Hi, this is Sam with Mask on Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. It's a Masculine Journey Advanced Boot Camp. Advanced Freedom. Advanced Healing. Advanced Walk with Jesus. If you've attended two or more Masculine Journey Boot Camps or Ransom Heart Boot Camps, then you qualify for this Advanced Boot Camp. Talk about Advanced Adventure. This camp is at Treetop Adventures on Lake Hickory, including aquatic sky boots. You could be flying on water. Coming up this August 17th through 19th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. Not enough love in the world. You know, some of the verses, now Don Henley, who wrote that song and singing it, is actually singing it to a girl. But some of the verses, when you go and you listen to it, you know, talks about why do we hurt each other? Why do we put each other down? You know, and that is really some of the society we live in. You know, all you have to do is turn on the news or watch any type of program and, and you hear it. Go on vacation. Go on with vacation. your own family. When your own family. I knew that was a segue to you. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to go there. But, uh, you know, and, and that's the problem. There's just not enough love in our world. Yeah. Right? In our own world. In our own world. Whether yeah. it's a, a small in the car in another state world or, or whether it's a work world or a larger world, there's just not enough love. And, and Jim, when we before we left a break, we're talking about what Jesus said was the two greatest commandments. If you want to paraphrase those, that would be great. Love God, love others. That's right. And that's all you need. That's right. Those are the two greatest things. Now, Robbie, we've got a clip coming up that I know you're excited about, and it's a, it's a great clip. I, I want to go see the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet. But can you tell uh, us good about news it? is it's on Netflix, and it's free. Oh, yeah. If you're well, a member of Netflix, like free. Almost free. <clears throat> but anyway, the the movie is, is Lincoln, and Steven Spielberg directed this amazing movie on all sorts of levels but if you were in my car 
you know, I had, <laughs> and, and and I've never heard other pastors or Christian leaders, you know, share at this level, but I think we all should that, you know, we're on vacation. I have a 19 year old daughter, a 28 year old daughter and an eight year old granddaughter. And so they get into some horrendous fights over some really small issues that they think are really, really important, by the way. And if you're the father in the car and you're listening to this, I, as I was watching Lincoln deal with his cabinet, now this is a, a big, big deal that they're talking about. It's the 13th Amendment. And he's dealing with these people that are arguing over petty things when he's trying to show them that they're at a moment in history that's going to change the world. And he finds himself in a position to try to lead them through that. And it takes it a bunch of emotion. And you can hear him say, now, now, now. And he uses some other Kentucky terms like, you know, buzzard guts, you know, to try to (laughs) get them to see. But I, I would really like you to pay particular attention to the authority that he takes at the end of the clip. Now, you and I are child of the king. I mean, we have all the authority he's describing and then some. Um, when we're in a situation in that car with our children. <laughs> but other times that we need to take authority and, and, and love people when they are bickering over minor issues. You lied to me, Mr. Lincoln. You evaded my request for a denial that, that there is a Confederate peace offer because, because there is one. We are absolutely guaranteed to lose the whole thing. And we don't need an abolition amendment. Itself no. Leave the Constitution what, alone. The peace commissioners what? appear today or, or state worse, by state on the morning. Extra- I can't listen to this anymore. I can't accomplish a thing of any human meaning or worth until we cure ourselves of slavery and end this pestilential war. And whether any of you or anyone else knows it, I know I need this. This amendment is that cure. We're stepped out upon the world stage now, now, with the fate of human dignity in our hands. Blood's been spilled to afford us this moment, now, now, now. And you grousel and heckle and dodge about like pettifogging Tammany Hall hucksters. (laughs) See what is before you. See the here and now. That's the hardest thing. The only thing that accounts. Abolishing slavery by constitutional provision settles the fate for all coming time. Not only of the millions now in bondage, but of unborn millions to come. Two votes stand in its way. These votes must be procured. We need two yeses, three abstentions, four, four yeses and, and one more abstention and the amendment will pass. You got night and a day and a night, several perfectly good hours. Now get the hell out of here and get them. Yes, but how? Buzzard's guts, man. I am the president of the United States of America, clothed in immense power. You will procure me these votes. There's some terms in there I've never heard of, Rob. 
pettifogging and blood and buzzard guts. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, he pulled off the whole Kentucky accent thing well, I thought. Grousling. <laughs> I have to look up some of these terms. You know, just for a, a point of record, he did live in Indiana for three years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's an Indiana He might connection. have watched Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit before that. So, Robbie, that, that clip really spoke to your heart in lots of ways. Oh, it, it really, really, really does. Because here's a man who who is trying to love a nation that is in the middle of bickering over things that are absolutely ridiculous. And his cabinet is bickering over things that are absolutely ridiculous. And he, and he is calling them up to a higher view to see what's really at stake here. They're at a moment in time that literally changed the world. Mm-hmm. And it, and it hung on them simply, you know, having faith in what the cause was and what it was that they were saying. Again, if anybody would understand this, Jim, who's sitting here, <laughs> you know, the Civil War has been your thing your whole life. Well, there's a lot to that. And it wasn't petty things. They were looking at the possibility of ending the war earlier. Right. And this prolonged it. But to Lincoln's credit, and this is kind of ironic, there were only four states that voted against passing the amendment. Two of them were northern states. One of them was Kentucky, where he was born and raised. And I think the southern state was what somebody has a good football team, not North Carolina. But uh, New Jersey and uh, Delaware, I believe, voted against it. So they got the votes, and they got it from both sides. And there were, I think, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure those are the only four that voted against it. Some states ratified it after they already had enough votes to pass the amendment, but those were the only four that voted against it. And depending on where you're from, Kentucky is in the South. That's true. <laughs> they were they were a border state. Yeah, and they make they great probably would have been a southern state except they were occupied. Maryland probably <clears throat> would have been a southern state, but they were. But I do want to speak lines. to that. Good point. Um, you know, you're you're a you're a parent or you're a business, you know, whatever. You've got a world that you live in that's a, a, a big world. But it's interesting to me. You guys know I ask Jesus every day for a word um, for the day. Many, many, many days. It's about my family. It's about you know Robbie and Gage here. This is this is the front that I have you on, and and and. That role is just like what Rent Lincoln's playing right there. You're you're bringing the kingdom to your family, and and often we're in the midst of conflict over things <clears throat> that are just not of value. And so, how do I lead my family? Is 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 very very difficult, and I fail often to not rise up and grab that authority. And so, it is my hope in listening and actually praying through God. How can I rise up with that kind of love? I don't think anybody in that room, and again, you know, historically, who knows, but nobody in that room would have felt like he was disrespecting them, but that he was on something that was apparently a higher cause than what it was that they were on. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to have to start using the term buzzard guts. (laughs) I kind of like that one. (laughs) Now, Jim, you know, going back to the scripture that you read earlier, there's one thing that's your pet peeve in that scripture. So why don't we go ahead and just talk about that, Alrighty. and then we'll get to another point I want to make. Well, another, and that scripture was not unique to 
that particular place, but often you will hear it that we are to love others as we love ourselves. And there are so many people say, oh, I have to love me first before I can love others. And that is not scriptural. What it's saying is God's, I mean, Jesus is assuming, which is God, that we do love ourselves. And you may think you hate yourself, but are you not going to feed yourself? Some people may not. But for the most part, we love ourselves. We have to lay down our lives and put others before us. And if you're doing that, and it's sort of a chicken and egg. You love God, you love others. And you said before, and I agree, that we have to love God first or we can't truly love others in a godly way because he has to do it through us. We're not capable of that. But we can't So Sam, are you trying to, to frustrate us by putting this one before the other? Really? That, that was absolutely my first priority. <laughs> no, it, it was exactly what Jim said that, you know, until we really fully learn to love God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, those all those pieces are in the game. You know, we're truly not going to be able to love others the way that we need to. Now, Jim, you pointed out there's a lot of loving people before the show that may or may not be Christian, but that's different than loving people unconditionally, isn't it? Right. Unconditionally and sacrificially. And that's that's really the key. Am I putting the other person before myself? And do I? No. I was thinking of my wife and I having our biggest fight in a long time, driving through Columbia and whether or not to pick up some wonderful barbecue or not because I wanted to get home and she wanted the barbecue and then we couldn't find the place and it got ugly. <laughs> and that's just a stupid thing to fight about. And need to apologize to her again now that I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, until you really know and you felt that unconditional love and you felt that sacrificial love at the level that, that God brings it to you and continually shows you in your life, it makes it hard to love others without a ulterior motive. You know, because there's a lot of times that, you know, people will give in and say, I'm going to love that person well, but there's something they're holding back that they're wanting to get out of that exchange. You know, recognition or love back and this is about just loving others to love others right but first we got to love god so that brings us to next week's topic as you might have guessed he's gonna actually get it in order (laughs) yeah yeah we're gonna go back and say loving god right but robbie we have a boot camp coming up august 17th through 19th we do it's right around the corner it's just a week and a half away and boy you got to go register masculinejourneyradio.org but you have to have gone to a couple boot camps right either one of ours two of ours two of somebody else's but a couple boot camps because this is an advanced camp with advanced topics and deeper, deeper walking with God. Go to masculinejourneyradio.org, register now, and thank you for listening to us today. We'll see you next week.